from NPR. It's from the top. Celebrating the power of music. In the hands of America's kids. Exuberance, resilience, excellence, the joy of following your own path. Those are the themes that we're going to encounter on today's special highlights program featuring incredible young musicians from the past couple of seasons. I'm your host, pianist Peter Dugan. And take resilience. The teenage guitarist that you'll meet has managed to excel at music through the most challenging circumstances. He fled Iran for religious reasons and credits music for getting him through the toughest times at a refugee camp. We'll hear a performance of the opening movement of Chopin's Piano Sonata No. 2 that's so bold and excellent, you might think that the pianist is twice his age. And as far as exuberance goes, you don't get much more exuberant than Charlotte Marks, the first performer we're going to meet. This person literally bounces on her toes whenever she gets excited, which is pretty much all the time. She's from Bellevue, Washington, and she was 16 years old when she delivered this performance of The Carmen Fantasy by Franz Waxman. Yours truly is at the piano. Thank you. 
Charlotte Marks, 16, from Bellevue, Washington, performed Franz Waxman's Carmen Fantasy with me, Peter Dugan, at the piano. You can hear what a powerful young classical soloist Charlotte has already become. In the same year as that performance, she won the Stolberg International String Competition, which is one of the most competitive teen competitions in the country, and it didn't surprise anybody at From the Top when she chose to study with one of the most sought-after violin pedagogues, Robert Lipset, at the Colburn School in Los Angeles. But Charlotte's musical abilities and interests extend beyond the classical repertoire. She talked about that with me and with my co-host, violinist Charles Yang, after she performed That Carmen Fantasy. Charles also loves to mix it up and combine musical styles, by the way. You know, you don't just play classical violin. Yes. You play your pop arrangements, which I've seen on YouTube, which oh. are unbelievable. Um, you do fiddling. Of course, you play classical music. What's the attraction of doing all this for you? Well, I feel like a lot of it is about what helps audience, what audiences really respond to. I've noticed mm -hmm. that uh, a lot of times audiences really connect to something that seems somehow familiar. And of course, the pop arrangements, the tunes, the melodies are instantly, they latch onto them. But also there's something in, uh, I mean, I, I'm mostly versed in Scottish music, but the, the, the folk fiddling, there's something, I think it's the rhythms that just really gets to people. Uh, like recently, I've been performing the Tchaikovsky Concerto, and I've been doing it with this beautiful Scottish air as an encore. And whenever people come up to me after I play, they're always yeah. like, oh, well, your Tchaikovsky was beautiful. And you can tell that like they, they can't wait to get to the end of the Tchaikovsky is beautiful. And then they talk about my encore. They're like, your encore is just beautiful and it took my breath away. And what, what's the name of the tune? And, well, and they talk about the encore like way more than they talk about the Tchaikovsky, which is kind of unfair because like the Tchaikovsky is like 40 minutes long. But I totally <laughs> appreciate it. Um, that you gave it, them the icing on the cake. Yeah, and it, it made me realize that really there's something incredibly valuable in this music that it just really cuts to the core with these people. Well, absolutely. You know, Charles does a lot, does the same thing. I, yes. I've heard him do a lot of <laughs> encores in different styles. He's a Texas boy, uh, and he's quite skilled at the Texas fiddling. So what I'm thinking is, would you guys, as a little treat for our audience right now, just give us a taste of kind of combining your superpowers and play for us <laughs> just a little ditty, if you yeah. don't mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, All right. Sure. I'll give you a little shuffle. How's yeah, that? Yeah, you play a little. You play some Scottish, you know, air, and I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll play. Uh, I'll play some Texas fiddle. Awesome. What key you want? A. A. Okay, count it off. One, two, three. Charlotte Mark, 16, from Bellevue, Washington, tearing it up along with From the Top's recurring co-host, violinist Charles Yang. If you subscribe to From the Top's podcast, you can download whatever episodes you want and listen on demand. They're available at fromthetop.org. For the last 15 years, From the Top and the Jack Kent Cooke Foundation have awarded over $3 million in scholarships to talented young musicians who have financial need. We still have more to give. Go to fromthetop.org to learn more. Hello, my name is Parso Savadrasehi. I'm 18 years old and I play the guitar. I was born in Iran and I started playing guitar there when I was 12 years old. 
my uncle used to be a classical guitarist and when I started playing guitar he gave me some old recordings and told me the stories behind them I took lessons in a small music academy and that was the first time I heard classical guitar live and I fell in love with it But like my uncle, not many people could make it as a musician in Iran, especially minorities. My family is Baha'i, which meant that I couldn't go to any music academy or college because I'm not a Muslim. My parents wanted me to follow my dreams, so one day my mom told me that your brother wants to leave. If you want to leave, say it now so we all can go together. And there I had to make a decision that would change my family's future. After a few days, I told my mother that I want to leave like my brother. So my mother, brother and I became refugees in Turkey and my father and other brother stayed in Iran. One of the hardest things I've ever done was to say goodbye to my family, friends and the place that I spent my childhood in. I was 15 years old in Turkey and they didn't accept me as a student to receive credits. There was no music teacher for me and I couldn't work because many people wouldn't pay a refugee since they know we don't have any power. It was a dark time for our whole family. Many people get depressed as refugees, especially teenagers. But I played guitar all the time and I told myself I will do my best. After a year and a half of waiting, my life changed for the better. Finally, I got my visa to the United States. While it was wonderful to be in America, I struggled with language at my school. But the teachers and the students at Sierra Vista High School in Las Vegas made me feel welcomed. The teacher of ELL class, Connie McFarland, became my mentor and my close friend. Parsa had been at our school maybe two weeks, and we had a talent show. So I said, Parsa, how about being in a talent show? Well, he took that guitar and sat on that stage and worked his magic, and he won the talent show. The first day I came to Sierra Vista, I asked my counselor and Mrs. McFarland if there was a guitar class I could take. So they sent me to a beginner guitar class. After I played for the class, the teacher came up to me and gave me the number for Ricardo Cobo. And that changed everything. That's Ricardo you're hearing now. It was hard to find time to get to see him because he's so busy. So finally, I went to his home studio and knocked on the door. I was absolutely shocked that uh, this young man came halfway across the world uh, to, to ask me about guitar. And uh, after I heard two minutes of playing, I was absolutely floored. Both Connie and Ricardo are now my role models. Their fingerprints will be on my life forever. And I want to dedicate this performance to them. I'll be playing Francisco Targa's Recuerdos de la Alhambra 
and Jorge Morel's stanza in E minor.
We heard 18-year-old Parsa Sabat Rasehi performing Recuerdos de la Alhambra by Francisco Tarriga and Danza in E Minor by Jorge Morel. I was absolutely transported by that performance and hearing about this artistic journey that this young man endured and knowing that music was his constant companion, I was just so moved, I'm sure you were too, by the humility and and the authenticity that Parsa brings both to the way he plays and to the way he speaks. In particular, I loved how Parsa talked with such fervor about the people who've helped him in the United States and dedicating that beautiful performance to them. Our next young performer is also very motivated to give back, or better yet, pay it forward. He's 17-year-old Samuel Glicklick from Los Angeles, and he's a pianist who totally floored our staff with his passion, his power, his utter command of the keyboard, especially when playing the very difficult and beautiful music of Frédéric Chopin. Given his abilities, he's had quite a few glitzy performance opportunities, but check out what he said on the show regarding his most memorable and treasured musical experience. In the sixth grade, after I'd be picked up from school by my parents, we would drive by a soup kitchen, and throughout the year, the lines would be getting longer and longer. So I thought it'd be a good idea for me to start playing there and make it a more pleasant experience for the diners there. And so since then, my parents, my friends, anyone I know who's a musician, uh, I ask them, and they always say yes to come and play at the soup kitchen. And at, uh, at the soup kitchen, there are a lot of diners who are, in fact, musicians and lovers of music. It's really incredible. I've had many truly amazing experiences talking with a lot of the diners about we compared old recordings of actually this sonata uh, with Alfred Cortot compared to modern pianists and Rubinstein. But the most powerful experience I had was, I think it was the first or second time I played there with my dad, just my dad and I. After we finished playing, this one man came up to us and said, I came here to feed my body, but you fed my soul. And it was just, it was, I had no words to describe how I felt then. And it really showed me how powerful music and, the, and art is to humanity. I mean, it was really incredible. Wow. And it's to Sam's credit that he can be open and present enough to have that sort of exchange at a soup kitchen and to really reach out beyond himself. Let's hear for ourselves now the power of Sam's musicianship. Here's the performance he gave when he was on From the Top in 2018. This is the first movement of the Piano Sonata No. 2, Opus 35, by Frédéric Chopin.
Samuel Glicklick, when he was 17 years old, performing the first movement from Chopin's Piano Sonata No. 2, Opus 35. Daily Joy. Couldn't we all use a bit of daily joy in our daily routines? Well, if you sign up for From the Top's Daily Joy video series, you'll have incredibly joyful, minute-long music videos delivered to you daily. Sign up at fromthetop.org and cheer up. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Volgenau Foundation, supporting programs that protect the environment, educate children, and promote classical music. From the National Endowment for the Arts, the federal agency that supports the arts and creativity in communities across the nation. More information is available at arts.gov. And from the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, helping NPR advance journalistic excellence in the digital age. From NPR, it's From the Top, celebrating the power of music in the hands of America's kids. This week, we're having fun going through the archives to pull out some of the most exciting performances and stories we've recorded recently. Coming up, a teenage baritone from Maryland performs the music of Alessandro Scarlatti. Pianist Peter Dugan, From the Top's host, is sponsored by Susan and Gerald Slavitt. I never actually chose to play the harp. The harp chose me. I didn't decide to play this instrument. It was my mother's idea. I began playing harp when I was seven years old, and um, later, my sister and I both took it up. My name is Priyanka Gohol, and I'm 16 years old. I always did pretty well playing harp, but after my mother lost her battle to cancer and passed away last year, I began to connect with the harp even more, and I really started to love it. And I started to work harder, and I wanted to do even better. In middle school, I was thinking about quitting. But after my mother passed away, something clicked for me, and my love for the harp has grown and grown ever since. It's been really hard without mom. It was really hard and it still is, but really there is beauty that's come out of it, like beauty out of ashes, and there's a lot of hope that's come out of it, and God has really blessed me.
I have a really amazing father. He is from India, so my sister and I have grown up with a lot of Indian music and ragas in our life. And he also plays the tabla, so we've always heard it and we really love it and it usually makes us feel really homey and nostalgic. Um, my dad is very heroic and he's worked so hard to help us with our everyday lives and take us to music lessons and orchestra rehearsals and ballet classes. He has a busy job of being an occupational therapist, but he always spends a lot of time with us and I really love that about him. Now I'm going to play a harp solo that I really love called La Source. It was written in 1897 by German harpist Albert Zabel. Zabel moved to Moscow to be solo harpist with the Imperial Ballet in 1855, where he was the first harpist to play Tchaikovsky's famous harp cadenzas. La Source means the fountain, and to me it's a very dramatic and powerful piece that tells a story and really flows. I hope you enjoy it.
That was 16-year-old harpist Priyanka Gohal from Jamestown, Indiana, performing La Source by Albert Zabel. The young performers on our show are so impressive, sometimes you've just got to see it to believe it. And that's pretty easy to do, actually. Just go to fromthetop.org and check out all the fun video we put out every week. Not only do we have photos and video of our young players making radio with us, we've got our Daily Joy video series, virtual concerts, raucous pop music covers, and more. That's at fromthetop.org. Pianist Peter Dugan here pulling more fun stuff out of the From the Top archives for your listening pleasure today. And it's with an extra special emphasis on the word fun that I present to you our next young performers. This is a piano duo... This is a piano duo called Duo Appassionato. They are Lauren Kim, 16 years old, and Colin Song, 15 years old, and they're both from the Chicago area. They performed the wonderfully playful Variations on a Theme of Paganini for Two Pianos by Witold Ludoslawski.
pianists Lauren Kim, 16, and Colin Song, 15, from the Chicago area, performed Ludoslavsky's variations on a theme of Paganini for two pianos. Lauren and Colin are from the Chicago area, and apparently, at the beginning of their collaboration, neither one of them was particularly jazzed at the thought of working together. Um, actually, we both go to the Music Institute of Chicago, and we were both named merit scholarships at the school about four years ago, and that's how they randomly put us into a chamber group. But it's funny how we actually wanted to be in a trio or a quartet, because we didn't even know piano duos existed four <laughs> years ago. So um, we got put together because they didn't have any more room in trios or quartets. And <laughs> honestly, we were just like last pick, but right now I can't like imagine living without this in my life. Um, when we got placed in a duo, I remember just feeling some disappointment because I don't want to hear piano, you know, that often. I want to hear some different instruments, too. But um, so when I went to the rehearsal room, I had a really solemn attitude about why we got placed together. But and we thought we were going to do it for only one year and then maybe hopefully get into the trio or quartet that we actually desired. But um, we stuck with it after one year and together sure. we've been um, together for four years. We've now. been through so much together, like. Um, not even just like rehearsals. We've been together for like benefit concerts. We've performed at like other really prestigious concert halls. And right now we're at From the Top and really having the time of our lives. Yeah, I think just over time we've developed a similar sense of style. We've been exposed to a plethora of different kinds of repertoire throughout our musical careers. And I think together we have collectively formed a new sense of style that we can bring to duo piano. And it's funny because after four years we just know each other so well that even if we made a mistake, just somehow we can catch each other right away, and that's a pretty special experience. So it's always been kind of stressful for me as a young child to like have the spotlight all on me and just kind of like, which is weird, I feel like, because most people think pianists are like, oh my god, I love the spotlight. I love like having it on me and stuff. But um, I feel like for me personally, piano duo has like served as a catalyst for like my love for music because I've like, I've always loved music, but like I had this time in my life when I was like, oh my god, piano's like a responsibility more than like me having fun at the piano, me like liking practice. But then once I started doing duo, it was like more motivating for me. I was like inspired by what kind of music we could make together. When I started piano, it was my choice and I really loved it in the beginning. Then after a few years, it kind of felt more of a mandatory thing rather than something I enjoyed. Um, kind of hit like that plateau peak as Lauren was saying. Mm -hmm. But when we got placed in a chamber group, it makes music just so much more fun, and you do have a responsibility, you know, not only to yourself now, but to someone else, and that gives more motivation in the practice room. It's super important to, like, have fun with music, otherwise you're not going to, like, have your message get across, and, like, it's so fun to just kind of, like, share our story together with someone else, with someone who loves music and is as passionate as you are. I just love their story because it's so wonderful when a life event that you perceive to be a major disappointment ends up surprising you and turns out to be a huge blessing. And on the subject of surprises, let's segue now to our next performer, 17-year-old baritone Preston Jones from Fort Washington, Maryland. Preston's talent was a shocking surprise to his family in a good way, which you'll hear about now in this very special story narrated by Preston. And then we'll hear Preston sing. Every morning at the mine, you can see him arrive. He's doing six foot six, weighed 245. Kind of broad across the shoulder, narrow at the hip. And everybody knew you didn't give no lip to Big John. Hi, everybody. My name is Preston Jones, and that's my great grandmother you're hearing right now. 
I'm 17 years old and a classical baritone, and I'm going to sing a classical piece next on the show. But as you can hear, that's not what my great grandmother was into. She performed on a touring circuit called the Chitlin Circuit with uprising stars such as Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle. This is from a 45 she made of a tune called Big Bad John by Jimmy Dean and Roy Acuff in the 1960s. This was her big hit, and she's definitely one of my inspirations to continue my journey in music. There are tons of musicians in my family. Uh, there are many singers, uh, piano players, and percussionists. For me, I grew up singing as a part of the worship teams at my grandparents' churches. This is a home recording of me singing with the worship team at my grandfather's church. As I said, these days I'm studying classical voice, so that's a pretty big shift from what the rest of my family sings. I can remember the first time I sang something operatic for them. They were shocked, but in a good way, because it's kind of rare to see an African-American male singing classical music. I think they're very proud of that. Music has brought me such incredible experiences. For instance, in 2016, I was lucky enough to be a member of the choir that sang at the opening of the National Museum for African-American History and Culture in Washington, D.C. That's us doing the national anthem at the very beginning. I remember watching President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama walk on the stage and just being so excited that they were literally 15 feet away from me. This is something that I knew I was never going to forget, and I'm so glad that I got a chance to be a part of it and witness history being made for African Americans everywhere. As much as I love choral singing, I really love the challenge and fun of singing solo and not worrying about blending so much. And in this piece, I really get a chance to let it rip and show the strength in my voice. It's by Alessandro Scarlatti, and it's an aria titled Toliettemi la vita ancora. In this piece, I am a king who has had everything taken away from me, my kingdom, my subjects, and my queen by a rival king. And in the piece, I'm on a quest to retrieve them back. Michelle Kahn is joining me at the piano. I hope you enjoy it. Forget me, 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 forget me
Jones from Fort Washington, Maryland, appearing on From the Top back in 2019 at the age of 17. At the piano was Michelle Kahn. I want to thank all the young performers we've met today for sharing their music, but also for sharing their humanity. And to you, listening in the kitchen or on the patio or in the car on the way to youth orchestra rehearsal, thanks for joining us. This is pianist Peter Dugan, and I hope you'll join us for From the Top next week. From the Top is written and produced by Tim Banker, with post-production mastering and editing by senior producer Tom Vagley. Our music director is Megan Swan, and the production manager is Matt Dykman. David Norville is assistant producer. Technical direction by Barrett Ouellette with John Escobar and Chris Rando. The executive director is Gretchen Nielsen. I'm Joanne Robinson. From the Top is an independent nonprofit organization based in Boston. If you'd like to appear in our program, apply online at fromthetop.org. From the Top is supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts on the web at arts.gov. Support for NPR comes from this station and from the Jack Kent Cook Foundation, providing scholarships to high-achieving students with financial need. jkcf.org. From the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, supporting an equitable recovery and the reinvention of systems to create a more just, inclusive, and resilient world. More information is at macfound.org. And from the Public Welfare Foundation, committed to advancing transformative youth and criminal justice reforms. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You know, while From the Top is distributed by NPR, it isn't owned by NPR. It's an independent nonprofit, and so we have to do our own fundraising to make it happen. Please consider making a donation to our ongoing entertainment and education programs at fromthetop.org.